all the yeah. answers are, are, are in, are in my past. And, and sometimes they're not, you know, it's like sometimes there's, there's not much to be gleaned from, but you know, in, in this particular conversation, what we're talking about is sometimes there are things that there are memories that keep coming up, you know, at least that's how I've been experiencing it recently. It's like, I'm not actively searching these things out. I'm not, but they're, they're there. They're, they're present in my mind and they keep coming up over and over and over and over again. And sometimes that might be a little bit more of a holistic dynamic way of how we approach our past, you know, is, is what is the stuff that is actually just coming up on its own? This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby Cook and Evan Schulte, identifying your blocks and demystifying your struggles so that you can claim your own path and make your life a work of art. I stumbled across a photo the other day of myself at like 18 years old and I was on this boat in El Salvador and we were driving along and I remember this moment, but the photo was captured of me not really realizing. And I'm just staring off. I have like this thousand mile stare as I'm staring off. And it was, it was like this beautiful like river tour we were on, on this little boat with like um, a bunch of El Salvadorians, you know, like this family that had kind of taken us out. Anyway, I, I, I saw this picture and you know, I looked at myself, you know, this, this young kid, she's like 18 years old. And I was like, you know, man, you were, you were so good looking and you just, you, you know, just so fresh faced and you just had such a bright future. And not long after that moment, it reminded me of not long after that moment of being on that boat. Um, I actually had a really traumatic thing happen on that same trip. And <clears throat> not to get into too much detail, but it was with my uncle and there was a physical assault and I ended up leaving El Salvador. And for years afterwards, I was traumatized. And, um, I spent a lot of my early years just trying to kind of suppress those feelings that, that, that hurt and that pain that I felt. And sometimes I look back at the time of my life and I think, what if that never happened? Like, what if I never, experience that? What if I just went on as an 18 year old kid that just kind of had that innocence that, that never happened to. And sometimes it, it hurts me, you know, today I feel like maybe I lost something, maybe something was gone. And I have come, you know, along on this journey and, and, you know, there's things you can't change about the past and, and really you can kind of just look at it and you got to make your peace with it and move forward. And I think that you can let these moments define you and they can tear you down or you can, um, you know, you can make the most of them and you can become better because of them. And there's a lot of negatives to look at when I think an event like that occurs, but there's also a lot of positives and the positives are things that I think are important to focus on and important to use to move forward. And, you know, just based on the conversation that we had before leading up to this, Evan, I just thought, you know, that would be a good story to share because I, I know a lot of people are dealing with stuff. You know, a lot of people are dealing with things that have happened in their past and who they were and who they've become and, 
you know, just trying to make peace with that and figure out who we're going to be today. And I thought, you know, this literally just happened this week for me. And since all the stuff we talked about, I thought I might just bring it in with that because, you know, there are these reminders of who we think we used to be and what we think our life might've been um, or how things might've been different or different choices we might've made. And I think that, you know, I don't have all the answers here as we're starting this conversation. We're going to figure that out as we go. But for me, I'd still say that that memory is present in this very moment, you know, and in this mm-hmm. conversation, I'm hoping to, you know, uh, look at some things and make peace with, you know, where I was and who I am now. And I think this is an important part of the journey, you know, moving forward. Yeah. I think that it's definitely in the air <laughs> these days. Um, you know, like this topic that we're about to get into, um, not simply just is it something is it something that is personally relevant for the two of us as we discovered um, in our in our pre chat, um, but I think it's very much in the air for a lot of people. Like it's this is something that confronts everybody at some point, if not probably several points in people's lives. This element of these pasts that we carry around with us, all of these experiences, but also just because of, uh, on, of the, on a larger climate of things going on in the world right now with COVID and protests and things like that, you know, a lot of people, it's almost heightened at this point for a lot of people, because when we we're facing uh, existential problems, and when we face existential problems, uh, it can make us introspective. It can make us take a look at things that um, we've maybe had the luxury of ignoring and, and putting aside. And we're looking a lot at the past in terms of w- what decisions have been made collectively. Um, what are some actions and things that, that have happened that we have not healed that we have not fully addressed or taken responsibility for what have you. So, I mean, I don't necessarily want to get into, in, into that cause that can almost become, uh, it's, it's so massive that we can, we, it gets a little bit hard, to, a little unwieldy <laughs> to have that conversation, but we can maybe speak more to the thematic, um, archetypal experience of, of our past and plus our, our own personal inputs on this because our, our past presents, you know, they're, they're, they're a double-edged sword, our, our past and our experiences because they hold lots of rich experience and, and resources to us, but at the same time, they can be, uh, our past can be something that is imprisoning Mm -hmm. to us. Uh, and it's, and it's also something as well where our past, we can, if we get stuck there, um, it prevents us from moving forward and living joyously in the future. And not to mention, sometimes when we look at our past, we don't always see it accurately and for what it really was. Mm-hmm. But there's definitely, because for, for you and I, 
Brandon coming into this conversation, we were both kind of talking about, and for the listeners, just to, just to give you some frame of reference with this is we have both been noticing our certain memories coming back up. Um, just, uh, things that I, I had forgotten about and suddenly there's this, uh, a memory from early childhood or from my teen years or f- from my twenties, what, whatever it is, these things come up. And what's fascinating to me is that it's like these things just kind of pop in there without you necessarily looking for it. And they keep on popping in there. And I've been trying to just be curious about why that is, because it seems to be something that's not necessarily in my control, but it's happening. (laughs) And so I've taken sort of the stance that's like, well, this is happening for some purpose. Hmm. This is happening for some reason. There is something within me that is ready or wants to be addressed because it won't leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And that can be a troubling, disorienting, you know, getting older is presents its, its challenges because for me, it's been this reminder that there are certain things because most of the things that have been coming up have been all of these have been positive memories, you know, just these beautiful, almost dreamlike memories have been, been coming back to me. And, and there's this sense of, um, grieving there's a sense of heartache to a certain extent that comes with that and but then you go well what am i supposed to do with this because i i can't go back there like there's no going back to those moments i cannot become you know a a six-year-old again (laughs) that's just and and i don't even think that 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 should be possible i don't think that that's a good thing there's a reason why we just don't have that capacity as well. So I've been, I've been rambling here, but I'm just trying to, I don't know. I feel like I just needed to like lay down some, some context for what's going with myself personally and, and how that kind of relates to potentially the subject. You bring up some good points for the conversation. Sometimes the good memories can be painful too, you know, because you remember how you were. And you remember, I mean, for myself, one of the things that I've been struggling with recently is I just remember the confidence that I felt like I had in my twenties. And, um, I have a kind of a confidence now, but like there was a, uh, you know, a certain kind of invincibility to that confidence back then. And Mm -hmm. in some ways I find myself almost longing for that, but, you know, I guess in, in hindsight, I can look back and say, well, Hey, like that kid who felt invincible, just hadn't realized what he was putting himself into. He didn't realize that he could get hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, I think as you get older, you become more aware of what could go wrong. And sometimes that's what makes us a little more hesitant. And so I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we long for that youth because in our youthful days, we had more ignorance, you know, and through that ignorance, we were willing to do things that were sometimes stupid, but, Um, could also sometimes get great result because we just didn't know what could go wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of growing up is about becoming both aware of what could go wrong, but then developing the 
adequate amount of courage to still do it the way that you want to do it because you value it, not because you're ignorant to it, but because you see more value in being courageous and going for it mm-hmm. and risking getting hurt than just not knowing you could get hurt. Um, well, I mean, cause the thing is like, it's in, in many ways, what you're just describing, you know, in that state of sort of ignorance, there's not really any courage that's required. Right. You know, that's, and, and, as you get older, you learn that there are um, consequences, there are risks to things, and but choosing to do things anyhow while accepting whatever those risks are, I mean, that's the only way that there's actually courage there. Mm-hmm. And I want to, there's something that I was just realizing with also everything that you're saying, sometimes when we're looking at that past, you know, it's not necessarily looking at the way things were, the the situation that we were in, but for me, it's almost an experience of the, it's a longing for a way that we felt, a certain way that we felt in, in time more than, than anything, you know, not necessarily what I had in any sort of material sense, you know, maybe with youth, there's a certain element of just like, oh, I remember just the energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went for, I went for a jog for the first time in like months. Um, just, just like earlier this week. And I just went, Holy shit, I need to do some cardio. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, so there's, there's there, I, I suppose that there can be a longing just in on that level, but for the most part, I experienced it as like, there was a, a feeling, you know, of, of, wonder and awe and possibility and, and things like, you know, those are kind of just these feelings that, that, um, that can, that can come up and saying like, wow, I really wish that I had some of that or some more of that Mm. at least. And that's, um, and yeah, this is what we're here to talk about because like, I don't know what any, what, what the solutions are to this or if that's even the right way of looking at it uh, as trying to find a solution to this because I think that it's really it's really something that we just need to engage with at some level just engage with it and be curious about and see what what's coming up has to say it's for me, you know, I think, um, just kind of to riff on that is like, I think what happens for me is there's a lot of fear, you know, a lot of fear comes up and I don't think of myself as a very fearful person because most of the time I don't really walk around and feel very scared of much, but, um, I do get scared sometimes. I'm like, will I ever feel that passion, that desire that I once did that, that motivation and that drive to just do certain things like I did at that one point in my life. And granted, if I look back at that point in my life, the why behind why I was motivated was kind of misguided and somewhat superficial. I used to believe that I could do certain things and that (laughs) I just, I just thought that I could make myself happy by doing certain things, by like, like by being popular or by achieving certain things. And I just thought fulfillment was there. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who go, isn't that it? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, for a lot of my life, I really thought that was, that was it. And, and then, you know, I 
I've come to realize that that really isn't the answer. And it's such a weird thing to tell somebody when they're still in that stage that that isn't it because they're like, but I think, but I don't agree. I think that's it. And it's kind of, I think an evolution to begin to realize that like that, like true fulfillment and true happiness comes from different things. But I think that's a necessary stage. But when you're transitioning from that stage into like a newer stage, I, I, I believe a more mature stage of motivation. It's such a scary period because you're like, but if I'm not motivated by that, what am I supposed to be motivated by? And, you know, like, um, wise speakers, you know, people much wiser than me and much older and, you know, even from the past will have said, you know, it, it comes down to actually what you can contribute and how you can influence and, and, and the difference you can make in the world and the impact that that has. And that's really where you get that fulfillment and reward. But initially like that, those very selfish self-serving drives are all we have when we're young. Right. I mean, most young people are like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be this person. And you know, I'm going to make this of myself. At least I know I did. And I'm sure there's a lot of people can relate to that, but then you kind of grow out of that. And then you grow into this, um, this is what I'm going to do. And this is the difference it's going to make. And this is how it's going to influence people. But there's this weird period I find in between. And, and I want, I worry, I guess I get fearful that I'll never cross that bridge. I'll never actually cross the bridge from like that self-serving drive to the contribution drive. And I'll be stuck in this like abyss of like limbo. Yeah. Of like, I don't feel like fully connected to either anymore, you know, or at all. Yeah. (laughs) And it's weird because it's like, it brings up feelings of, I think, depression and sadness and anger and fear and all these feelings and most of our lives we've been taught to avoid those feelings. And then all mm. of a sudden, you know, I think we're probably both in it because we're finding ourselves in it and we're like, well, what do we do? <laughs> How do we make sense of this? You know, cause we're trying to go to the past to make some kind of reconciliation and we haven't quite grasped onto our futures yet, uh, I would say. And then mm. you're in that place. And I, I imagine there's a lot of people out there who are experiencing that to some degree. Well, I mean, it's, it's these, moments of change and and transition that we go through in our lives. Like, you know, when I was younger, probably in my, my adolescence and in my teens, like I, yeah, like I, I was pretty young when I had sort of declared to, you know, my family and to, to the world, at least, you know, the world, which was my, (laughs) however big your world is when you're like 10 (laughs) years old, um, that, you know, it's like, I'm going to be an actor, you know, and not just an actor, but I'm going to be famous actor. And, you know, for so much of my life, that was, that was my life. And, and that was what I pursued. There was, it, it was very simple. It was very simple. It was very clear. I'm acting and I'm going to do the things that I need to do to be an actor. You know, I'm going to take the classes. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to, uh, you know, get, get my agent and, you know, just do, do all of the things that I need to do. And, and then, you know, there was a point in my life where it was, there needed to be a, a transition after so many years of, of pursuing, this thing that I, I genuinely love to do and to suddenly be confronted with the fact that I didn't feel 
the same way about maybe maybe somewhat about the craft itself but also in the pursuit of 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 that as a career um because as any artist knows there are challenges <laughs> um that come with uh living in in the kind of world and economy that we do uh and trying to to be an artist you know it it has very very real um physical challenges that come with it and not to say that that was it because I, I, I still act, I still, and I still really find an enjoyment of it, but something on a, in a fundamental way changed along the way. And that's not an easy thing to, to confront. It's not an easy thing to, um, to reconcile. And I would say that in many ways I'm, probably still reconciling certain elements of that, even though it has led to my life going in such fascinating directions that are deeper and, and in many ways are, are probably more important to me than where my initial ambitions <laughs> originally lied. Um, but I think that, we all go through these kinds of processes where it's just like, you know, there are these things in our lives that are just so certain to us, major things in our lives that are just so certain to us. And suddenly it, it can, it can, that foundation can suddenly not be so solid anymore, or that foundation might crumble away entirely. And that is, hard <laughs> yeah it is hard it is it's it's extraordinarily hard because there's a sense of not knowing what to do where to go the a sense of what your what purpose you have what meaning you have in your life and and there's almost no way to articulate that feeling mm -hmm. other than that I think that there is a grieving that has to occur even when something in many ways better, because I usually something better does emerge from those transitions. But I think that there's an element to which we have to acknowledge a, a part of who we are, a part of who we were that is gone, mm -hmm. you know, and that needs to be, that needs to be acknowledged. I read the other day that grieving is when love has nowhere to go. And mm -hmm. that's, that's the experience of grief, you know? And, and I think when you, when I look back at my younger self and I think back at that kid, uh, you know, cause every younger version of me as a kid <laughs> compared to this one, but uh, it's like, I loved that kid, you know, and I loved what he was trying to do. And although misguided, I think sometimes it feels like that's over, you know, and there's like, it's like a change can be so abrupt at times, at least in your awareness of it, that it's like, you feel like suddenly it's just gone. It's just, it's just like that, that part of you is just dead. It's just no more. And it, 
it's a strange thing. You know, we, I, I think about our conversation, actually, one of our last conversations, which was trust in the face of change. And it reminds me of this moment, you know, it's like, because as change occurs, you know, there's trusting that, that it's all actually a part of the process that it's all a part of it is so important. And we talk about this a lot and we've had many conversations and it's one thing, you know, to think back to those wisdoms, but when you're in it, it's so hard, you know, it's so hard sometimes to grasp onto them. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, as we're going through it and it's, it's serendipitous, you know, that we're both kind of going through it in, in a similar way at the same time, but it's a real moment to kind of look back and go, okay, well, do I trust, do I trust in the process of, of this journey? And, and that I think that taking on the point of view that the universe always has your back, that, mm -hmm. you know, it's always serving you. I'm a, I'll share a story. And I know this is true. I know it in my heart. I know it's true. I have a client. Now my client is a video game developer. And he went out to develop this massive game, like really big game. And he needed a budget, like he needed a big budget to finish it. And he kind of realized like, I've taken on a lot and I need this thing. And it fell through, like the, the project fell through and the funding fell through and all of this. And he was devastated. And we were talking and I've been coaching with him for over a year. And we were talking through it and I'm like, well, you know, um, telling him to trust in the universe that this is going to open you up for something else. And you can't see that yet, but in the meantime, you know, you're going to try to keep your head up and whatever. Right. And, you know, and he was struggling, but he did and he did. And then he, he, at some, a certain point he said, you know what? I realized that, that this project, this big project, my dream project is, is on the side and there's, there's no real way for me to do that right now. In the meantime, I'm going to develop this other project. And so I was kind of encouraging him to just do that just so he could keep doing his video game development, keep working on it and keep building a skill. Well, so he started doing this, started developing this other project, the smaller project. And he started to be kind of thankful and grateful because he's like, you know, if this thing didn't fall through, then I wouldn't learn these skills. I wouldn't do this and blah, blah, blah. And then just recently, uh, the program, the software he was using, there's a lot of free software that's available for video game developers. Um, he didn't realize this, but that had expired. And so he couldn't do his project anymore on this software and he couldn't afford it because it's thousands and thousands of dollars. And one of the things I always coach people to do is just ask for what you want as bold and as stupid and as crazy as it sounds, just ask for what you want. So he went out and he went to the video game developers and he said, look, I can't afford your software. I've been developing a game on it for the past so-and-so and I can't afford it. I just, not yet, but I really want to develop my game. Is there any way that you guys could just give it to me for free just so I could develop my game? I promise like, I'm not going to make any money out of it or whatever. It's not, it's not my point. I just want to do this. And the video game company came back and they said, he didn't think they'd even respond. And they came back and said, well, what are you developing? So he showed them the project and they hired him. <laughs> they just hired him now to work for them. Not only did they give him for free, now they're going to pay him to develop his project. So the universe has wow. your back in a way that you have no idea. You just don't know how it's going to come back to you. But wow. my point is, is that you and I are in the middle of it, right? Where, where he was when the game fell through and all of that, right? We're in that experience. And it's like, 
you just got to trust that, that, that somehow this is all happening for a reason. But I, I, I want to second what you said. It's so hard when you're in it. It's yeah. just so hard. And like, I'm in it right now and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, reclaim those wisdoms that you and I have talked about for the last four years, five years, our, our whole friendship. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And you, you know, and then I literally just saw it happen. Like with this client, th- this is just recent, you know, it's like, you really just got to take the position that the universe has your back, whatever you want to call that, you know, God, the universe, just your higher self, but there's something that's working, you know? And I really believe that, but yeah, when you're in it, it's difficult. (laughs) Yeah. There's a few things I want to touch on in here. And these are all things that were recently, um, were things that I, I heard or read. It's, it's amazing how like something like that can appear, like a, like a book appears at the right time or yeah. a conversation appears at the right time, which is where paying attention can be crucial. <laughs> but there's a few things. Like one was, um, I'm reading this book by Ram Dass called Gris for the Mill. And he's talking about when you're in it, you know, and just like when you're, and I hope I'm not mischaracterizing this, but this is how I sort of remember it. Which is like, you know, when you're in the fire, you know, and when you're in the fire, it's burning up all of these, all of these things in your life. Like there, it's burning up all of these. Um, and like, as far as an internal process, it's like, it's burning up beliefs. It's burning up, you know, our past. It's burned. Like all these things are burning up. It's like, but you come out to the other side of it, realizing that you are the fire. <laughs> right. <laughs> Totally. You are the fire that is burning all of these things up. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to talk was actually one of our favorites, Alan Watts. I was listening to him recently because it, like what this story about your client, which is such a fantastic story. I like <laughs> just an unbelievable story. Um, but it made me think of this and it was like this, it's this Buddhist um, sort of parable story about this, um, you know, this woodcutter and he's out with his ax in the woods and he's chopping, chopping down trees and cutting up wood. And he sees, um, through a clearing, this deer sitting out there and he sees this deer and he goes like, Oh, he's like, I'm, you know, should, should hunt that deer. And, and so I'll have food for, for me and my family. So he's got his bow and arrow there and he grabs his bow and arrow, but this deer starts speaking to him and (laughs) the deer knows all of his thoughts and he's trying to hunt this deer and get, and just like hide over in this place or hide over in this place. (laughs) And the deer is always just poking up somewhere else (laughs) just to say, it's like, and and is laughing at him saying, because he's like, I know everything that you're going to do. What are you going to do? And is, is mocking him this whole time. And so after, some many hours go by the woodcutter is just like, this is, this is pointless. I like, why am I even bothering with this anymore? So he goes back to start chopping on his wood and the, and the deer comes, comes around the corner (laughs) and it's things like, have you given up? Like you've given up already. And this is making fun of him. And the man just, he goes and he just, and he chops into a piece of wood. (laughs) And as he chops into the wood, the, the head of the axe comes flying off, 
hits the deer in the head, knocks it dead. <laughs> and this was sort of like his story on like how, I mean, it's a, it's a Buddhist story of enlightenment, but I think it's also very interesting with this, this story that kind of manifested itself with your client is that sometimes it's like, there's this attempt and this push to just do something and do something and do something and nothing happens. And then it, something just occurs in this way that you didn't expect because with, for your client, this was a situation where it looked like his dreams (laughs) were being, were, were coming apart. It's like, I've been working on this game and now I can't finish my game. It's gone. It's like, I can't afford this. Like everything is over. And through just moving forward, engaging, uh, reaching out for help, asking, you know, this incredible dream is coming true in, in an entirely new way that was even better than it was before. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it is really like watching someone's dreams come true. And, and uh, it, you know, it's, it's interesting because I look at this and I go, there are certain things that he did. You know, there's certain things that he did that are very important to the story to take away because yeah, like things did all kind of come around and they all kind of worked out so far in such an interesting way. I mean, to carry on the story, like last I talked to him, he shared, now he doesn't feel good enough. Now he's like, well, I don't know if I'm good enough (laughs) and he's very good, but like, it's like, and, and you know, um, the, the, this particular course, it's very collaborative. So like all the clients will be, will help each other. So they all very participating in it, but everyone was kind of pointing out, it's like, well, you're always going to feel like you're not good enough. I mean, that's part of this journey. You know, you're always going to kind of get what you want and then you're going to get it and you're going to have the celebration. And then you're like, but wait a minute, (laughs) do I deserve it? Am I good enough? Can I handle it? You know? And I, I, pointed out to him that you don't have to be any more than you are. Like, you know, you've prepared up to the point that you prepared and you did a lot of preparation, but like at this point, look at what you can give. They obviously mm-hmm. hired you because they see value in you. So give them value. That's what they want. They're not looking at you to be any more than you are. They obviously already think you're good enough. So now give them value. And if you mm-hmm. focus on that, you will be good enough because that's really what they want. But, um, that's future. But the thing is he did a couple things that were really good. One is that when his first project, his big dream project, the way he was trying to control and get into the industry and do his thing, when that fell through, he didn't give up. He hung in there and he picked up something else. And he, he like, but this time when he picked up the next thing, he didn't do it to try and get anything. He did it because he was trying to build a skill and he was trying, you know, whatever he did it for more, um, almost more, uh, I want to say like honest or more like, you know, authentic reasons. Right. And he just developed his skill. And then the next thing is that he did really well. And I think this is such an important thing. And I wish for everybody to take this away because it's a lesson I learned young and I'm reminded of it more and more, particularly by this client, but ask and you shall receive is such an important wisdom that people don't practice. Mm. And he told me, he said, he told us, I should say, but he said, I didn't even think they would respond, but I, I figured I might as well ask. Yeah. Cause he's like, that's what I need. So he's like, well, and he was bold enough to just dare to ask. And because he asked, it created something way more than he even asked for. 
but you have to be willing to ask for what you want. You just have to be. And you might think, I don't deserve it. They won't care. There's, there, it, and, and maybe you won't get the answer. Maybe you won't get the dream come true. But like, get in the practice of asking for what you want because I have found that in my own life, this to be very true. People do want to give you what you want. They really do. And if they can, they probably will. Mm-hmm. So, but we just don't ask what we need. We don't ask what we want. And, and you do someone a great service when you ask them for what you want, because you give them the chance to, to, to be valuable and to contribute. And just to further my point, most of us actually find our true value through our contribution, mm-hmm. you know, through, through what we give and through how we help. Right. So when you ask for something from someone, you give them a chance to actually, you know, sh- express their own value. And through that, they Mm -hmm. feel better. And, you know, not from a user point of view, from a contribution point of view, like don't ask, just like I can get, get, get and manipulate. But if you ask from a very like genuine place, um, and, and you come at things from a place of contribution, you can open incredible doors that you just don't even know are possible. And he kind of just proved that. So hang in there. So the two things I take away from this are, are, three things. One, trust the universe or the higher self or whatever has your back. But, but two, hang in there. And three, ask what you want. And if you can do those three things, you know, a lot of stuff's going to be taken care of. I I really believe, you know, and it reminds me of that, you know, because Mm -hmm. there's a part participation, there's a participation on our part in this. You know, I don't like it when, when people get too woo woo, when they say, just, just visualize and trust in the universe. It's like, yeah, yes but that's not it. You know, like the secret, Mm -hmm. Oh, just visualize. And it's like, yeah, but take action too. Don't just like, like expect it to happen because you want it to like, he took action. He asked for it and he kept developing a skill in spite of major setbacks. And then, you know, when he, when he couldn't take action anymore, or he felt like he had reached a a, a limit, he asked to extend the limit. Yeah. I mean, if you want to win the lottery, you still have to buy a ticket. <laughs> Precisely. Totally. <laughs> buy the ticket. Yeah. You don't buy the ticket and then you complain you don't win the lottery. I mean, yeah. we all know that's crazy. So yeah, like, exactly. life's like that. Yeah. But we, we've, yeah. But we so often live in, in a way of just like we want these things. And, but I mean, to, to come back a little bit to sort of the, um, where this all began with, you know, like we're talking about, this elements of, of our past of letting go of, of the past. And I mean, you know, the, that's all to say that the importance of this is so that we can have a, a more fulfilling, um, a more fulfilling, joyful present and, and future potential mm-hmm. future. Um, but you know, there is something that's, I think very important about, I guess, sometimes this restlessness that comes out of this sort of past being thrust upon us, <laughs> you know, and because I think that that restlessness is a sign that we care, mm-hmm. you know, that there's a part of us that cares and has a sense of direction that has a sense of where we are going. There's a part of us that knows what to do, where to go. Um, that is, that 
has an expression and a service of value to be to be shared and and brought into the world so that restlessness is is that thing you know like it's not necessarily the problem i think that very often it's it's the solution mm-hmm. you know but if we're spending all of our energy trying to run away from it trying to not feel it trying to not engage with it in a meaningful way then that's when we're going to stay stuck in that place you know because i was sharing with you brandon before we we hit the record button here but i i don't necessarily know for myself personally but it's been so fascinating that these very very old memories have been coming back up for me and the types of memories that have been coming back up for me because there's a part of me that understands and i guess in some ways i'm has the intuition to say it's like okay there's something for me to let go of here there's there's an element of maybe trying to be attached to my youth that is not healthy and is holding me back. But there's also, I get the sense of, it's like, but hang on a second, we're not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater here. There's something important in these memories as well that are coming up that is for you to carry forward. You know, and I think of it as sort of like, you know, panning for gold, you know, you've got to sift through all of the stuff and then you you carry those those shining nuggets of of wisdom or or whatever it is forward with you because and I can't really necessarily explain it on on any particularly logical level other than I just have that sense of okay there is something for me to to bring forward but there's there's something for me to let go of here as well um and and that's that and that's just something that I've been trying to again just have a sense of curiosity and playfulness with it. I'm trying to just in many ways ask it. It's like, okay, well what what is it that you want from me? What is it that you would like me to do with you? Um and and sometimes there's an answer that that comes and sometimes it doesn't come but then it comes in you know a few days or a couple of weeks you know something kind of clicks in and there's a level a, a new level of self-awareness that that happens because i think when the past is is not letting you go it's it's because there's there's something there to be addressed so that you can have you can have the fullest future that is available to you. I like that. You know, the, the whole idea of mining for gold from the past in, in being, you know, at the same time, letting it go. I, I feel like that's part of the healing process of the past. You know, and I feel like the past, as you get, you know, as you get on in life and you, you age more and you get more experience, there's, there's work that needs to be done with the past. And I, I think that, you know, you don't drive a car with the rear view mirror, but you glance at the rear view mirror every now and then to know what's behind you. 
And I think that part of the past is just you take a glance and you pick out what's actually important, you know, Mm -hmm. like there's certain things that like, I mean, we all know we're going to be moving along. We're going to be moving along the road of life, the journey of life. And there will be more and more to look back upon, you know? And, um, I, I think that you bring up a good point when memories come up, when things come up, they are, and obviously they, they grab us, they grab our attention. You know, a lot of speakers, success speakers will say, you know, you need to learn how to control your thoughts and manage your thoughts. And I do believe that's true, but there's sometimes where these thoughts, they just kind of enter your, your, your atmosphere. and They're just there and they're just like not going away. And they just kind of, um, it just kind of, you, you can get rid of them and then they'll come back and they'll just kind of there. Right. And I, I, I like to think of that a lot as like, there's healing that needs to be done. You know, when, when something keeps coming into your life, you know, you need to, you need, it needs to be dealt with, you know, and maybe it was suppressed or maybe there was something that was pushed away and it can be very difficult because it can become all consuming. And I think that, you know, dealing with the past is such a delicate issue because, if you become all consumed by it, all of a sudden you're not driving your life forward anymore. You're staring into the rearview mirror, trying to solve a problem that you can never change. Um, but I think you need to look it into the context of where you're going. So like, for example, you glance in the rearview mirror to see what's behind you only so that it can help you move safer forward. And you remember that the important thing is your hands on the steering wheel and that you're looking out the front window of the car Mm -hmm. in this analogy. And I think like, you know, for example, I'll give an example that's maybe more real world. I was driving the other day. I was driving back from this Joe job that I've been doing. And this guy's riding my tail on my car. It's riding my ass. And he doesn't need to be. I'm, I'm going above the speed limit. I'm moving along. And there's, you know, there's just no need for it to happen. And I, gl- I, I can feel him there, right? And I look in my, I, I check my rearview mirror often. I'm very good, like, looking at my mirrors. And so what I've learned to do is tap on the brakes a little bit and I slow down and make him realize that he's too close. And then he backed off and that might piss him off. That might, he might have all sorts of reactions, but actually I was thinking about it as I was driving forward. I'm like, wow, good job, Brandon. You just made your drive home safer because now if you had to stop immediately, this guy's right behind you. He might rear end you, but now that you actually made him create space, it might've pissed him off. But what you did was you actually made the road safer for you to drive on. And there are all sorts of ways in which you can deal with somebody who's doing that. You could pull over, let them pass, or you can do things. But I think the past is kind of one of those things where it's like that rear view mirror. You have this thing that's tailgating you and it's obviously there and you need to deal with it, but you don't need to stare at it. You just need to deal with it because obviously it's encroaching on you, you know? And I feel like that's kind of what these memories are like. They're like, they're like tailgating mm-hmm. you and you, it doesn't feel safe. It doesn't feel good. And so sometimes we just put up with it and we tolerate it. But I think that there, it's like one of those things is like, well, why are you asking me to deal with you? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we have a response to the past. And I think sometimes the past comes up and we have to figure out how to respond to it. I think like that's what this whole conversation is about, but like, yeah. you know, I, trying to find a, a tangible analogy sometimes to, to interact with the past is helpful. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like, 
Yeah, no, it's 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 a pretty good metaphor. <laughs> I think like with the internal <laughs> stuff, it can be more complex, but for sure, it's like you know we because we can get stuck just looking looking back and looking back and and um, you know there can be this sort of like addiction to the past and and for a lot of people that I've known and I've even fallen into this trap as well, um, but you know you just begin to comb through your past, you know, with this like intensity of just being like, all my ants, all the answers are here. <laughs> all the yeah. answers are, are, are in, are in my past. And, and sometimes they're not, you know, it's like sometimes there's, there's not much to be gleaned from, but you know, in, in this particular conversation, what we're talking about is sometimes there are things that there are memories that keep coming up. You know, at least that's how I've been experiencing it recently. It's like, I'm not actively searching these things out. I'm not, but they're, they're there. They're, they're present in my mind and they keep coming up over and over and over and over again. And sometimes that might be a little bit more of a holistic dynamic way of how we approach our past, you know, is is what is the stuff that is actually just coming up on its own? You know, I think because there, there, there are aspects of our intelligence and this doesn't even necessarily have to be in any sort of philosophical level, but, you know, on a neurological level, there are fascinating studies that indicate just how our brains function and work. And um, like when you look at sort of like the, the, what the left brain and the right brain and how they work differently and we're so um in our culture like geared towards using our our left brain our analytical brain go and search and consciously search these things out and very often we just end up chasing our own tails Mm -hmm. you know and it's in a moment of you know you're out for a for a walk in the woods or you're in the shower, or, you know, maybe you're in meditation or something. Um, and that left brain gets quiet for maybe just for a few moments. And the right brain, which is so good at doing other things, which is so good at big picture things, it's so good at finding links and associations with things that you would normally not see. It's like, if you were, it's like looking at, I've used this analogy before, but it's like, if if you're looking at a painting, you know, two inches away from it, you know, you're only, you're only seeing so much of it. And that's kind of what our left brain does. It's that sort of close microscopic Mm. thing. And there's, and there's something of value there, but it often misses the bigger context of the picture so that the thing that you're looking at doesn't even make any sense anymore. Right. (laughs) But you pull that back, which is kind of what the right brain is. It's like your right brain is the one that's actually like taking in the whole picture. And when it's only when you get quiet that suddenly it says like, Hey, here's the picture. And we have that experience of that aha moment, you know, that like, Oh, Holy shit. I get it. You know, but it's the way that we engage with that is, is a little bit different than the way we normally go about trying to understand and learn something. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, 
it is a little bit more of a mysterious process, but it's a, it's, it's a very real thing is, is the only point I'm trying to make. It's not just some pie in the sky idea. This is an actual faculty of our biological brain. If that helps you, cause I'm great to talk about it either way. <laughs> I usually actually, I prefer to talk about it in the more sort of like esoteric sense, but I always love it when there's these, like there's these parallels of, how we begin to understand physiologically how that works as well. Right. But like there's, but there are ways that we can engage with it, which is just learn to pay attention to like, what are the intuitions that we're having? What are the sensations that we have? What are these bizarre fucking memories that Mm -hmm. are just keep coming back, just keep coming up over and over again when I'm not asking for it? You know, like, mm-hmm. why is it like, what, what's happening here? This is, these are interesting ways that I think that we can engage with that faculty of ourselves, you know, and, and it's not necessarily looking to solve it, to, to find an answer to it, but just merely to be with it sometimes and to see what, what results. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really good input. I mean, I think about the story I shared at the beginning of this podcast. I was talking about watching that or looking at that picture of myself at like 18 and then the story and all the stuff that came after. But it's like you can get so minutely focused on a moment in your life or a memory in your life and and that can become the world, right? And when you step back and you look at your life as a whole, you can see that maybe that actually in, in, in a weird way was a part of what actually made you and, and, and gave you things that you wouldn't otherwise have. And I mean, if we didn't have adversity, if we didn't have problems, if we didn't make mistakes, if we didn't, if things didn't go wrong, I mean, who we would be as people would be probably pretty void of depth, pretty void of, um, anything. And, um, I think like, one of the things that I'm really starting to kind of take from this conversation is that all of this stuff is actually building the bigger picture of myself, you know, and I don't know what that is. And like my client who didn't know how his next step to his dream would work out. Like, I don't know how this is helping me to become who I need to become for what reason to do what thing I don't know, you know? And, um, but there's something in it that's probably good. You know, there's probably something in this that like, um, and I I really think that we, we do have a choice all the time. I do think we have a choice to go right or left on this path in life and, or, or multiple many ways, but just to keep it simple, right or left. And there's this way that we know is destructive. And there's this way that we know is constructive. And I think that it's our responsibility to continually go towards constructive things, you know, to, to try to build ourselves, to try to build our lives, to try to make sense of this, um, to not submit to I'm broken or I'm crazy or I'm whatever, you know? And I think that we all have that little thought of some sort, you know, like, and, and, you know, for some of it, it's, it's, I'm broken. Some of it's, I'm crazy. Some of it's, I'm not good enough. Some of it's, you know, whatever, right. It's something, but you have that thought and you could go down that road and you know, that's a destructive road and your choice not to go down that road, your choice to go down the road of like, you know, what could this be? What might this be? Um, even if I don't know, like, can I, 
kind of put some faith in the fact that this might be something that's actually going to give me an opportunity to make me better. That's the part that we participate in. And I think that's the thing that I'm, you know, I'm really looking at right now is like, cause like you take that example, the left brain, right brain, looking at the picture, the left brain's looking at it so closely. It's looking at that tight little memory, that one little thing. And it's making your whole world about that. But when you step back, you're like, that event that happened with my uncle is such a small event in my life. It's such a tiny little micro thing. Yes, it had a massive impact on my life and it had a massive impact on the way that I made decisions and, and the person I became. But in the scheme of who I've become, it's such a small event in my life. And to make my whole world that event, I know what that path leads to. It leads to self-destruction and it leads to absolute depression and sadness. But when I step away from it, it leads to transcendence and it leads to evolution and it leads to self-fulfillment and it leads to all sorts of healing and all sorts of wonderful gifts. So, you know, this kind of reminds me that like, as much as a memory can come knocking at the door, it's just a memory. It's just one little thing Mm -hmm. and one little time in our life. And uh, to not be open to the multiple times in our life, I think is actually doing us a disservice. And, that, and I'm saying that to myself as much as I'm saying that to everyone else. I just, I, I think that's what I'm realizing is that, you know, just step back when you get caught in it, step back, look at the bigger picture and, you know, um, trust that there's a bigger picture than even what you see, even mm-hmm. what I see. Yeah. You know, this is something that I've, I've done and I'll probably uh, start to implement it again, but sometimes it's just a useful practice to just go and, and sit with, that sort of space that you're in. And I've done this where I just sit there and I, and I just say to myself, like, I don't know. I don't know <laughs> when I'm in that space of, of, of not knowing and just literally just breathing calmly, relaxing my body, breathing calmly and just telling myself that I don't know, making my sort of tricking myself into being okay <laughs> with not knowing because then I actually ultimately come to the conclusion that I'm actually all right with not knowing what the answer is right now. And, and then there's more room and space for me to, to discover something, you know, to, for, for something new to enter, because if we knew the answer, we would know the answer, but it's like, you, you can't, you can't wear down the same old paths to, to, to solve a new problem. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just, it's not, it's not possible. <laughs> you have to be in that, that space of not knowing so fully so that you can actually come up with the creative solutions to it because you don't have the solution to it right now. <laughs> and it's a weird space to be in, but that is like sort of, that is the artist space. The artist space is very much in the unknown Right. It is. You know, I actually just had a memory of like uh, being in high school, for example. And it's like the littlest problem was such a big deal. And now as you get older, you're like high school problems are ridiculous to an adult because you're like, you know, the thing, the problems that you were dealing with in high school were they're, they're like so minor and so little in comparison to when you get older, cause you just learn how to solve bigger problems and deal with different challenges. And like, 
that's the thing about, you know, a lot of these things is like, I forget that sometimes that's the benefit of getting older is as you get older, you just have an ability to not let the little things be such an issue anymore. And, um, I think sometimes, you know, when you look back in, in, in the past and you look back at this person you were and you think, Oh, that was so wonderful. It's like, yeah, it was wonderful in a way. Cause you're, but you're forgetting <laughs> like things that were a problem back then would be like, they, they were such a mountain at the time, but then you got over that mountain, you know, like the first time you go through a heartbreak or the first time you, you know, uh, you like someone, they don't like, they don't like you. They like someone else. You know, the first mm-hmm. time that that ever happens is it's like the world feels like it's ending. But then as you get older, you know, you just, you, you learn not only how to navigate that, but you learn strategies to actually confront that, to deal with that, to, um, to change the likelihood of that occurring. I mean, if you want to grow, right. And, you know, this conversation actually just reminds me of the importance of why we grow, why we push ourselves to actually go do stuff because you have to go into that unknown. You just have to go into that unknown to find out like who you can be and what's possible. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you don't, if you keep trying to stay s- still and life carries on, you know, you, you don't get to, I think that's the loss, right? That's the, that's the feeling of like, that's kind of a self-destruction when you try to keep things as they once were, like try to retain your youth and try to always be there. It's like, well, it's not always going to be like that because that's not what this is about. You know, like you're going to go through stages. You're going to go through an evolution of life and um, you know, and you don't know where you're going to get to and what you're going to go through, but everything is giving you an opportunity to be more prepared for it. And when these past memories come up, I think, you know, I think it's an opportunity to just go, okay, did I get all the lessons from that that I need to get? And did I, did I make my peace with it? Like Mm -hmm. maybe there's a time in your life, like for example, you know, you just didn't, you didn't go for it. You didn't live out your dreams and maybe you're having regrets now. Well, that feeling of regret, that memory of regret is a moment for you to to take some gold from and go, Mm -hmm. okay, but you can't change that you did it that way. You can't change that you didn't do it that way. Yeah. But what you can do is you can take from that the wisdom you gained and you can use it now Mm -hmm. so you don't relive it. Yeah. Yeah. There's something that can be reclaimed. Right. You know, there are aspects that can be reclaimed. You're just like, oh yes, all right. I can, I can take this with me. You know, I don't have. You don't have to live in any sense of regret about it. But you can, yeah. You can, you can find that piece of, of you can find that diamond that that's within it, right? Mm-hmm. And let and let go of the rest. You know, and and you carry all of the best parts. You know, like kind of the culmination of all of what was good about that time of your life and you can carry it with you, you know, but the time itself is gone, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's a good thing. That's a good thing. You know, like it's getting, getting older is a part of our evolution and it's necessary for our evolution as human beings. It's absolutely necessary and it does, it continually throws us into a new kind of unknown space with new challenges to, to face. But those are, you know, it's all for us ultimately. Yeah. 
the universe really does have your back, you know, your, your higher self, that higher sense of self, you know, you don't even have to get spiritual about it. Just this internal idea of who you truly like are at the essence of yourself that you want to be, that you, that you know is within you. It's always calling out to you yeah. to, to be that right. And we can deny it and suppress it and push it away, but it's always there. And it's always kind of giving us the assistance to be it. And, you know, and I think like, I don't know, like I, I, I'm going to take this conversation and I'm really going to walk away with that, you know, like whatever fear or whatever things are going on, I'm just going to look at it and go, well, what, do you, what, it, what it, higher self, like this thing inside of me, this, this being, this thing that is, in, that is animating this person, what do you want? Like, what, what are you going for here? And like, let's, let's try to embrace that, you know? And even if like, like I like to talk in these terms and some people can't find this too woo woo, but I just think it's a good way to look at it. Your lower self being your physical body that wants comfort and wants, uh, just wants to feel good and just wants pleasure. Right. But your higher self has vision and values and goals and dreams. Right. And this lower self and this higher self are always, um, trying to negotiate a relationship mm-hmm. and, you know, some people are like, it's all about your higher self, you know, and then they're just like pro success, pro whatever, pro like whatever. I think there's some value to that, but I think sometimes, you know, just being in your body and just feeling what you're feeling is also important too. And I think you can make a little room for that. But at the end of the day, you're not just your body. You're, you're more your vision. You're more your, Mm -hmm. your values. You're more, that's more what you are. And I think it's our responsibility as people to do our best to try to listen to that inside thing, you know? Well, it's like, it's, it's, I mean, this is like a, you know, and we should probably wrap this one up pretty soon, but you know, there's like, there's a whole, uh, element of what you just said that it's like, um, you know, uh, one of, there's an, one of the most sort of ancient, you know, spiritual symbols, because I, I don't want to like, this is never too, <laughs> because like, if, if, you're not a spiritual person, if you're not a spiritual person, like if you're a spiritual person, great, you know, like use the language that works for you. Like, but if you're not like, I always just try and characterize it. It's like, look, just think of it as a dimension of human experience. Yeah. You know, like not, don't look at it literally, but just as a range of human experience that we have that kind of deals with the mysteries that like, that are all around us. Right. Um, but there's this symbol in, in spirituality of the tree, but not just the tree, but the roots. And I think that it's actually in, no, oh, I feel terrible. I can't remember what tradition that it's, it's, it's from, it might be from like Kabbalah, but it's an image of like the, the tree and the roots because the roots go just as much into the earth as it grows upwards. And it's in, in the thinking and the belief, it's like, it's not just about extending up and into the heavens, but with that comes the deeper engagement and involved with, with the life that you have on the earth. So it's like they, they, they go together, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like you, you need both of them and it's not one in, in favor of the other one. They, they grow congruently, you know, and, and it's important to, to be that way because if you're too, if you're too much up in the air, you're too much in the clouds and you're, you're useless to the, to the rest of us. 
you know, yes. <laughs> like, and, and you're unbalanced at that point in time, because, you know, whatever you think about, you know, the, the bigger picture of what life all is, the fact remains that you, that, that you're here on this earth, mm-hmm. you're here on this planet. And, and there are certain realities to that, that, um, you know, to ignore them is actually robs us of, of the higher plane as well, mm-hmm. of that higher state. I agree. I think, I think, I think, you know, and I think you raise a good point. This, this is not, we're not trying to be like spiritual teachers in any way. It's not the goal here, but I mean, I, it comes down to perception, right? Like, cause like your whole world is based on how you view it. So, you know, if you need to use a spiritual lens to try and understand the mysteries of the world, then that's how you do it. If you need religion, that's how you do it. And if you want to totally try to base it in science and what's known, that's how you do it. It's, but at the same time, we can all admit there's certain things that we don't understand and don't fully know. And just because you don't experience them or no one's measured them yet, doesn't mean they don't exist. And so, you know, all I know is that from a psychological point of view, we could all agree that who we think we are and how we experience the world is unique to each of us. And so whatever tools you need to do to experience yourself and the rest of the world to bring the most out of you, use those, you know, and you want to use a lingo, you want to use a certain modality, fine. It doesn't matter. That's not mm-hmm. what this is about. What, what I think you and I have always tried to do for ourselves and for everyone else is just say, look, what's your truth and what's the best that, that is inside of you that you want to bring out and, and how can you live that truth and bring that out? And like, whatever that takes, whatever way, whatever Avenue, whatever path works for you, that's fine. And nobody's right. And, and, you and I have never claimed to have the answers on that, but, but we do believe in a value, which is that you have a true path that is yours and it's yours to claim and for you and for me and for every person and however they do that, whatever modality use or lingo they use that's fine. Mm -hmm. But, um, Hey, how's your beer, buddy? (laughs) The beer has been fantastic. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, again, and, and just another little footnote on this one. We're, we're not sponsored by, uh, by any of these beer makers. Um, we're just, we just have a beer to, to fuel the conversation. Cause that's kind of how it all started partially. Um, so today I'm drinking, um, Solaris, which is, uh, that's the name of the beer. It's from Phillips Brewing Company. Who's Phillips is one of my favorite. And this is a white peach ale. Nice. And it's delicious. Like yeah, summertime, summertime, <laughs> it's just like, whew, that's, it's hard to go wrong with this one. I love those peach beers. Big fan. Um, mine's from Stanley Park Brewing and it's called Noble Pilsner and it's delicious and it's very light and easy and it's been going down like a charm. But I'll tell you this little shout out for this Noble Pilsner is um, it was one of the most inexpensive beers that I have purchased and for the quality of beer, for how little it costs, I was blown away. Like when I, when I went and got it, I'm like, wow, that cost me nothing. <laughs> like it was like a couple bucks. Like, yeah. And I was like, compared to most of the other beers, which are like three, $4 a lot of the time. Um, and I was just like, wow, this great, great little light beer. So there you go. That's what I'm drinking. Yeah. To spur on no, I've, I've definitely had the Stanley park before and they do, they, they, they definitely um, deliver bang for the buck. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Um, 
Man, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say for closing comments for something like this. Um, I, I, you know, I feel like we got into a lot of great things. I mean, in many ways, uh, what everybody listened to is a little bit of a ca- cathartic for <laughs> a little bit of cathartic conversation just, just for myself personally. Um, but I guess my final thoughts is, uh, my thoughts is, there we go. Um, thoughts, what my final thoughts are, you know, when, when we're being confronted with, with these, our past, and it's not necessarily of, of our choosing. I mean, there, there's something there and don't, don't try and solve it or fix it, but just pay attention to it. Let it do something to you. I think really, I mean, that's, that's one of the biggest things that I teach the actors that I work with, you know, it's like, let this do something to you and then see what happens, (laughs) you know, see what happens to you because that's when you discover something is when you let it do something to you. That's when something new can enter the picture. That's when there's room for something new to enter the picture. So yeah. Yeah. Let it, let whatever's working on you, let it, let it do, let it do something to you. Mm. That's a great final thought. I'll go back to your, um, the, the thing you shared about the tree and how the tree as big as it is in the sky, as deep as the roots are. Um, and I might suggest that often the seeds are planted beneath the dirt before it ever sprouts. And, you know, I think with the past, I look at it this way, you know, it's like there's seeds to be planted right now and you don't know what they're going to grow into, but let them, plant the seeds, let them, and trust that those are going to grow into something. I had a thought this morning as I was walking along the water and just having a heart to heart with myself was that I was like, this is what I want. And this is what I don't want. And I don't feel capable of stopping what I don't want and making what I do want. And I was just, you know, in this whole little space. And, um, I thought to myself, you know, maybe just in figuring out what you want, and what you don't want is planting some seeds that are going to grow and eventually they're going to sprout and they're going to become what they need to become. But maybe right now is just about planting those seeds. Thanks for listening to the show. If you got something out of this, if you feel it improved your life or your journey in any way, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review or share the episode. You can also support us on Patreon, where we have tons of great bonuses. You are the ones that make the show possible and help us to thrive. Thank you for joining us.